God for his word. Amen. Thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of people missing tonight. Amen. But thank God all of us are here. Amen. Praise God. Turn in your Bibles. We're going to finish. Amen. John chapter 15. Praise God. At the end of this, we will be talking about, amen, producing fruit. Amen. Everyone say fruit. Praise God. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches." He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Praise God. I'm thankful that I can live for God. Amen. With him. Hallelujah. With his help. Praise God. Let's ask God to help us tonight. God, I thank you for your word. God, I ask you, Lord, tonight to touch your people. Let them hear your word. Let it go deep into their spirits. God, I want to hear your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the church. Amen. Amen. And uh, I know we might be considered, amen, the soft generation, but thank God for air conditioning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God that we can serve him. Amen. Thank God for the amen. Amen. Meekness is, we have meekness and temperance left tonight. And uh, in some ways they are the same and then they're much different. But meekness is the disposition to be gentle, kind, even balanced in temper and passions passions, patient in suffering uh, injuries without feeling a spirit of revenge. And so the Bible talks about uh, meekness and it gives some descriptions that Moses was a meek man. He was uh, classified as the meekest man in the world. And so uh, the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. I'm thankful Amen, that one day after all this is over, amen, we're going to rule as rulers in God's kingdom. Amen, not just in the millennial, but I believe for eternity. Amen, and so uh, we're giving answers concerning the hope that is within us with meekness. Now, the world a lot of times takes our meekness for weakness, and if you'll turn to John chapter 2, will understand that Jesus Christ, while he was a meek man, uh, he was a very strong meek man. 
In John chapter 2, verse 13, this world they classify strongness as some uh, muscle-bound, uh, uh, chiseled man, or even a woman anymore, that these are strong people, but many of them are very weak spiritually. Amen. And thank God that we can be strong in the Spirit and strong in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It says here in John chapter 2 and verse 13, the Jews' Passover was at hand. Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the money changers and overthrew the tables. And he said unto them, Take these things hence, and make not my father's house an house of merchandise. Amen. And so Jesus, he took his strength, and he drove them out of the temple because of their irreverence to God. And I believe that as an apostolic, that when we come to the house of God, that there should be a reverence for the things of God. Amen. That there should be a prayer, amen, in the mouth of every saint of God. Amen. That there should be a, 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 a petition to God that I need your renewing again today, God. Amen. That we should not just come to a church service and sit silent on a pew, but open our mouth and make our requests known unto God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to preach to you tonight. Amen, that apostolic faith tabernacle is not a quiet, dead church. Amen, we are a praying church. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. We'll always be a praying church. Amen, we're going to lift our voices and pray. Amen, I'm not giving God a silent prayer when he so openly filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen, when he so openly delivered me out of sin and delivered me from the, the bondage and the despot of sin, uh, thank God he delivered my soul. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, church, it's not time to get quiet. Uh, amen, it's time to get loud. Hallelujah. It's time to lift your voice and worship God and praise God with all your heart, uh, all your soul, and all your strength. Hallelujah. It's the first and great commandment. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Him only shalt thou serve. Amen. Don't let this world take your meekness for weakness. I'm not coming. I'm not all meek and quiet. I'm not a church mouse. Amen. I'm a believer. Hallelujah. Word of God tells us that the believer is to put on meekness as a garment. We are to receive the word of God with meekness. Amen. With meekness. If we are Amen. If we're gentle, kind, even balanced in temper and passions. If you don't have balance in your walk with God, you're in trouble. Amen. You need to have some balance. Praise God. Amen. The reason why I go to church all the time, amen, is because I need the balance of the Holy Ghost in my life. I need the balance of the Word of God in my life. Amen. I need faith in my life. 
Faith cometh by hearing. You know why the devil tried to keep you out of church? Is because he knows he can destroy you without hearing the preached word of God. Amen. The pastor gets up and he preaches and teaches. Uh, don't worry, I'm going to teach tonight. Amen. But when he t- preaches and teaches, it brings faith into your spirit. Amen. If the devil keeps you out of the house of God, he's, amen, he is chipping away at your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm going to have faith in God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. Amen. I'm going to stand upon his word. People say, well, that's, that's kind of crazy standing on the word of God. No, it's a sure foundation. I said it's a sure foundation, and when you get on a foundation spiritually, you can stand spiritually. Amen. Get on a foundation. Amen. Don't, uh, don't, don't try to get the world's ideals mixed up with the commandment and the word of God. Oh, if it feels good, do it. Where's that in the Bible? Amen, you're not going to find if it feels good, do it. Amen, the Bible says that there's pleasure in sin for a season. Amen, but my Bible tells me that, amen, that the, the, the Holy Ghost is righteousness and peace and joy. It doesn't put a time limit on it. Amen, my Bible tells me that the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, is uh, that that, that wisdom that's from above that is first peaceable and easy to be entreated without partiality, full of good fruit. That's what we're talking about here, the fruits of the Spirit. And so with meekness, receive the Word of God with meekness. Get some balance in your walk with God. Amen. You hear everything else throughout the week. Amen. Get the Word of God down in your spirit. Man, I've been listening to the book of Acts and reading the book of Acts again, and I've, I've read it I don't know how many times, but this time I've kind of been focusing upon the life of the Apostle Paul. And there are things that I've read this time that I knew it was in there. I've read it many times, but it's like it's come to light in my walk with God that this man of God Amen, that he was all things to all men. He wasn't a compromiser. Amen, but he did everything to win people to Christ. Amen, I said whatever it took, as long as it wasn't sin, amen, he did it. In fact, he was so effective at winning people to Christ that the Jews accused him of being a rabble rouser, of inciting violence and getting the people stirred up. And he pointed his fingers at him and he said, Hey, I want you to know before Festus that I have not done these things, but what I have done, amen, is I have quit murdering the church. Amen, I've quit doing the things that I used to do. And God has made me an oracle and a mouthpiece for him. I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost, uh, God will open your mouth uh, and to be a witness. I said, be a witness. Don't be ashamed of this gospel. If you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you and his appearing. Amen. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. 
Be a witness. Be a witness. What are we witnesses of? What did God deliver you from? Where has God brought you from? I'm asking you tonight, where has God brought you from? Think about where you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago. What has God done in your life? Be a witness about it. Tell people about it. Say, hey, if you, if you would have known where I was, uh, amen, and where I am now, you would understand that the Holy Ghost has changed me. Amen. God will deliver you from the works of the flesh, drinking and carousing. And, and God will deliver you from just religion. You know what religion is? It's man's idea of interpreting the word of God and how they think that they can serve God. And it fits their agenda. It fits their lifestyle. There's people right now that the word of God, it clearly says it's an abomination for a man to lie with a man or with a beast or a woman with a woman. And there's people now that are telling you, oh yeah, they're preaching just as loud as I am about their religion. Hey Amen. Is that the word of God really doesn't mean that, but it means what it means and it says what it says. What's an abomination to God in the word of God is an abomination right now today. It's a stench in God's nostrils. Amen. We do not bend to what's popular in society. We do not condescend and say, well, because you're worth $10 million, we'll go ahead and let you into heaven because you want to smoke a cigarette or you want to drink your Jack Daniels. No. Or live an illicit, immoral lifestyle. No, you can't do that. You have got to live for God. You've got to produce the fruits of the Spirit. Praise God. Temperance. Everyone say temperance. Say, so I've, I've got to control my temper. That's one part of it. Self-control. A moderation in the indulgence of appetites and passions. And... Self-restraint in conduct and expression, indulgence of the appetites, moderation. And so in living for God, the Holy Ghost is going to give you some self-control. Amen. What does it, what does the Holy Ghost do? The Holy Ghost will deliver you from cussing. It'll deliver you from beating somebody up. It'll deliver you from uh, your attitude that I may be better than somebody else. It'll deliver, I'm preaching to you tonight, amen, that the devil, amen, he doesn't want you to be tempered in anything. He wants you to be out of control. And you know what God does in your life? He puts some control back into your life. Amen, he puts that Holy Ghost check. When you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will check you. You say, what's a check? It's like, hey, what do you think you're doing? 
I can remember as a kid, my dad would check me by my shirt collar. Say, come here. You're not doing that. You're not going to say that. And sometimes he would take me by the head and say, do you understand that? He said, oh, I, I can't do that. Why can't you? You're the, you're the mom or you're the dad. My children don't tell me what to do. I tell my children what to do. Amen. I don't, I don't, you say, well, Pastor Character, my children, they, they, they have a lot to say. No, in my house, I have the say. I'm the final. Dad is the final. If you don't have a dad in the house, then it's mom. Mom and dad have the final say. And there were times where my kids would say, hey, mom, can we do this, this, or that? And I would listen. She said, well, what did your dad say? Hey, dad, can we? I, well, what did your mom say? And if mom already told him to do something, well, mom said to do this. I said, well, I agree with mom. You better do the same thing. You say, why do you do that? Because if you don't do that, all of a sudden, there's out of control. Who do we listen to? You listen to both of them. If you're a child, you listen to mom and dad both. And then what made it even a little tougher is grandma and grandpa's house. Now they'd get away with some stuff there. But there were times when my mom would say, oh, I don't know. We better ask your dad. Then my dad, he didn't care. He just said, no, you're not doing that. This is how we're doing it right now. You're in my house, and this is what we do in my house. Oh, yeah, I remember one of my, one of my nephews sitting there on his little smartphone, and my dad went over there and just snagged it out of his hand and said, what are you looking at? Oh, it wasn't nothing on there. And he got, he, he got all bent out of shape. My dad said, I want you to understand something. When you're in my house, you're not going to look at the trash that's on that phone. He said, do you understand that? He said, Amen. Thank God there wasn't any trash on his phone when he picked it up. Or he probably got his real whooped right, right then. He said, well, what if you couldn't whoop it? Oh, I promise you, he would have. Well, praise God. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about get some self-control, amen, in your house. Amen. Your children don't tell you what to do. You tell your children what to do. Praise God. Amen. This, this world, they're letting kids, out of, they're out of control. I don't, know, I don't know what's going on uh, at the public library, but my mom said something was on the radio this morning. And people are all stirred up about the public library. You know what, Mom and Dad? You better be in that library with your children, and you better know exactly what's going on at all times. You say, why is that, Pastor? 
They've got drag queens all over this nation going into libraries and making children think that they're perfectly normal and reading them stories. And you know what? It's an abomination to God. I said it's an abomination to God. Amen. It's an abomination for a man to put on that which pertaineth uh, for a woman to for that for a woman to put on that which pertaineth to a man, and it's abomination for a man to put on that which pertaineth unto a woman. Amen. It has been since the law was given, and it will be until Jesus Christ comes back for his church. Amen. Amen. And so when you go to the library, you better make sure you know what your kids are doing. You know what? You don't have to make a big scene. If you see something, say, let's go. We're leaving. Well, praise God. Kind of quiet in here. I'm not bending or bowing. Amen. They told Daniel and the three Hebrew children, they said, you're going to bow to the idol and worship the idol when you hear the music play. And they said, hey, king, we're not even careful to answer you in this matter. We're not bowing to your idol. Amen. You can play your music all day long, and we're not bowing to it. If you throw us in the fiery furnace, so be it. Come on, church. We got to get a backbone against sin because it's coming in all shapes, all sizes. It's trying to tell you that your social credit score is going to keep you from getting a loan. So be it. Hey, it's already coming. Amen. Brother, Brother Nelson, what was that thing you told me about? You said that they're trying to, what did you call that? You called it something. Me and you was talking the other day. And it was like a social credit score to where they're, uh, they're I, I can't remember what you called that. But, what's that? Yeah. They give you a score if you agree with their agenda, essentially. Oh, so you're on social media and you don't agree with homosexuality. Well, we're putting a mark on you. Put a mark on me all day long. Put 400 of them on me. I'm not changing my IDs, ideals. Amen. I'm not changing the word of God. Amen. I get my ideals from the word of God, from the power of the Holy Ghost, from a walk with God. Oh, come on, church. You're going to have to get it in this last hour. Amen. Get the fruits of the Spirit working in your life. Amen. Because we're not bowing to that mess. Amen. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and we're going to have a revival. Well, hallelujah. I said we're going to have a revival. Amen. There's things happening right now. Hey man, all this artificial intelligence, I'm, I don't care. I'm not getting involved with it. My wife and I have talked about things. And it pops up on our phone, an advertisement. Because it's listening to you. Yeah. 
I got on my iPad today and it started bringing up Milwaukee tools. And I thought, now how in the world, I've never looked up one thing on this iPad, but I've looked it up on my telephone, some different Milwaukee tools and toolboxes, and it starts bringing up advertisement on my iPad. You say, what is that? It's called artificial intelligence. And there's a lot of things that's happening with that that they say is going to control mankind. And you know what? There's nothing going to control me but Jesus Christ. I said these things are not going to stop my walk with God. They're not going to intimidate me. I'm going to still produce the fruit of the Spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you tonight, we're coming to an age and it's gonna, we're going to have to stand up for what's right. We're going to have to stand up for truth. It might be this week that we have to stand up for it. Stand up, church. Don't let the devil intimidate you. Amen. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Intimidation comes from people discussing the Word of God intentionally. And then they, at the break table, they say, well, what do you say about it, Nate? And I said, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> and I didn't give them what I, well, this is what I think. I just started showing them the Word of God. And you know what happens when you use the Word of God? Is the Word of God doesn't change. The Word of God is right on task for the present hour that we live. The Word of God, amen, will endure for eternity. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. And when you use the Word of God, the Word of God, amen, levels the whole playing field. Boom. Amen. And the word of God will show them, amen, that all their ideas don't matter, but they need, they have to have the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Amen. What it takes to be saved. Uh, you've got to have the gospel. Uh, you can't get saved without the obedience to the gospel. Jesus said, he that believeth uh, and is baptized shall be saved. You can't just believe. you got to get baptized along with believing. Uh, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues oh come on church amen the devil like to tell this church you don't have to pray in the Holy Ghost anymore they're going to speak with new tongues keep on praying in the Holy Ghost build up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost We have to have self-control. But when it comes to God, I'm not controlling the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, quench not the Spirit. You know, there's things that you have to teach your children. And if you don't teach them, your child is in trouble. You have to teach them how to pray. And 
the way that they learn to pray is by your example. You have to teach them to go to church. You have to teach them to treat others like you would want to be treated. Jesus said, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. A lot of people get that mixed up that you do unto others before they do it unto you. Yeah. That's, that's the ideals of this world. There, there's a lot of things you have to teach them. They don't get it. You know, there's some things that we're just saturated in. But then there's other things that you have to teach your children. Romans chapter 1. I was studying this today and thought, you know, this is really good. You teach your children holiness. Romans 1 and 1 says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scripture, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. When you get the Holy Ghost, which is resurrection power, amen, you get the spirit of holiness. Amen. But that spirit of holiness does not dress you. The spirit of holiness causes you to be holy on the inside. And what is on the inside will manifest itself on the outside. And so uh, we dress modestly. Women, they wear their dresses below their knees. Thank you. Thank you. Amen, women? Men, we wear our pants to our ankles. We wear our sleeves below our elbows. Ladies, we don't show everything there is to show. And men, we don't show everything we've got to show. You say, well, what's wrong with a muscle shirt? Well, what's right with it? What are you trying to show off? The Bible says lifting up holy hands. You say, well, that's talking about, yeah, you know what holy hands is talking about? Without wrath and doubting. Amen. It's talking about not having your hands in places where they shouldn't be. Look it up. Amen. Men? I would that men would lift up the holy hands without wrath and doubting. Amen. We pick on the ladies, but men, we, have, we lead the pack. There's some things we have to teach our children. You say, well, at what age do we teach our children holiness? I, you know, when they're babies. 
one, two, three years old. They don't. I'll, I'll, I'll put my little granddaughter on front and center. She, she doesn't have a dress below her knees right now, okay? Because she's a baby. But by four, five years old, you ought to be teaching your child holiness. Say, hey, we're holy before God. And they say, well, I don't want to dress that way. Again, your child is subject to you, not to what it wants. Is that right? They may, when they're little, I think we had, uh, we had something on the computer was, here is Thumpkin. It was a little cartoon. Here is, I don't know, Pointer, and here is, you remember that, Joel? That was when he was little. How many remember that? It teaches, it teaches kids. I saw somebody nodding their head, yes. And it teaches kids, but there comes a time where we teach them, say, you know, we may have looked at those little learning aids or cartoons, if you please, but we're not going to sit down and watch, uh, uh, I don't even know, uh, Daffy the Duck or the Roadrunner or Wile E. Coyote. I have no idea. Transformers. I'm trying to think of things that I used to see when I was a kid. You say, Pastor, you saw those things? Yeah, I, I snuck around and I looked at television. I shouldn't have done it, but I did. I'm not going to stand here and lie to you and tell, tell you, oh, I've never looked at a television. But there was a day where I got the conviction in my heart and my spirit about it. Where I started getting convicted. It wasn't just my mom and dad telling me. My dad would tell me, see, son, if I see you looking at that TV one more time, when you get home, you're in trouble. You go to a restaurant and I get a plastered everywhere. We was in we was in Buffalo Wild Wings, one of two times I've ever been there. You say, well, what, why'd you go the second time? Because we was all hungry in North Dakota and it was the only restaurant there was was a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> so we went in there and ate. And I didn't watch TV. They even had TVs in the floor in that place. I was like, well, they want you to watch TV. You couldn't even bow your head. He was like, there it is. We went in one in Colorado Springs and my nephew Carter, it was bad. Woo! And finally, I sat there the whole time. I said, Carter, don't look at that thing. You're going to get it again. Stop, Carter. Don't. Hey, look at Uncle Nathan in the eyes, man, the whole time. <laughs> you know what? I never took my kids in there and subjected them to that because they're just kids. But you know what? There's a difference between going in a restaurant and your kid's having trouble keeping his eyes off of something that's very eye-catching than allowing them to sit down and just watch something. You've got to teach them, mom and dad. Say, hey, this is, this is the way you live for God is you don't sit down and watch television shows. You don't watch it on your, on your smart device. Who's going to teach your child how to live for God if you don't? Control it. You control everything else, or at least I hope you do.
are some things that when they start getting older, you start teaching them. I can remember when I was about 14 years old for Christmas, my dad, he said, I'm going to buy you a Remington. And it, it came in this little bitty box. I was like, what in the world? It was a shaver. He said, use it. <laughs> oh, when you're a kid, you think it's cool. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. There's just some things in life you have to do. Once shaved, always shaved. Praise God. Some of you got that. <laughs> You say, why? You say, Pastor, do you have Bible for that? You know something? I want to ask you something. Do you have Bible that says otherwise? People say, well, Jesus had a beard. He did. You said, yeah, they plucked it. Well, but I just read an article where they found this deal about Samson. And they posted it on the news and said, this is... Something that was discovered, and they think it was Samson. And this dude was clean-shaven. I was like, well, look here. Maybe because he was a Nazarite and had to grow his hair long that he, he didn't want the beard to go along with it. You know, let's just talk about that. In the Old Testament, it told them not to mar the corners of their beards. And what does this world do? Is they coil them. They curl them. They smooth them. They wax them. They curl them. And you say, Pastor Carriker, we're just all home folk here tonight. And so men, we are to behold God with an open face. Ladies, we are to behold God with an open face. Amen. We don't need to cover our faces. You say, does that say that in the Word of God? Get it for me, Brother brother Manchie. Amen. We do not have to cover ourselves up when we are the reflection of God. Amen. You say, well, there's churches all over that are doing it. I know, and I, can, I guarantee you can go to any one of those churches, and they're very worldly. Amen. They're very cold. Amen. They don't pray like they used to pray. You say, how do you know? Because I've been to them. Amen. And they're not what they used to be. Amen. I'm, I'm going to preach to this church. As long as I'm the pastor, we're going to hold the line. Amen. As long as I'm the pastor, we're going to say, yes, Lord. Amen. I'm going to do what my man of God says to do. Well, praise God. Amen. Amen. In the Amish, they tell you, you have to grow a beard. Thank God, brother, that when you got delivered, God delivered you all the way. Hallelujah. Behold, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of God are changed. What does it say? Into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Ghost changes 
us. When you get the Holy Ghost, it brings a it, it brings a whole different mindset about your walk with God. That I'm not part of this world. Amen. Get, get a walk with God. Get a foundation. Amen. Don't you 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 need to get a conviction because I'm preaching it right now. But you need to get a conviction in your spirit that, God, this is not something that I just want to do because Pastor Carriker's preaching it. Amen. But I want a Holy Ghost conviction about it. Well, praise God. Amen. Get convictions in your walk with God. My dad, he had a conviction, amen, about going to the movie theater. So much that he wouldn't go to the Cosmosphere. And I think he went one time. And my mom, sorry, mom, I'm trying to put you on the spot, but she said, oh, you need to come see this one. And he said, okay, I'll go. And they were sitting there, and he said, man, mom, all we need is the popcorn. And he was nice about it. He didn't get bent out of shape about it. But I never knew my dad to go back because God delivered him from the movie theater and watching television. When he got in church, he said that he was so hooked on TV that if my mom would walk between him and the television, that he would become irate because he was so hooked on TV. Is that right, Mom? And so when he got in the church, God delivered him, amen, from that old work of the flesh. Amen. Come on, church, I'm preaching to you. Amen. That don't allow some little box Amen. Don't allow some little uh, device, amen, to control you in living for God. Make up in your mind, I'm getting a conviction. Amen. That I am convicted uh, by the Holy Ghost not to do those things, uh, and I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be holy. Amen. I'm going to be holy. Can I tell you something? The word Holy Ghost, that word holy comes from the, the Greek word hagios. Did you know the, the same called to be a saint? In Romans chapter 1, put that up there, Brother Manchi. Romans chapter 1, and I believe it's about verse 6 or 7. Called to be saints. We'll wait for it here. I'll go to 7. I think it's 7. Called to be what? Saints. And if you look that word saints up in the original language, it's hagios. We're called to be what? Holy. We are a separated people. Come out from among them and be ye separate. When you're separate, we're not like everybody else. You will stick out. You will look different. You will talk. They'll know you by your speech. They'll say, oh, sorry. I forgot she's in the room. I shouldn't have said that. Some of them are very disrespectful and cuss anyhow. But you know something? You'll be known as a Christian. Or you'll be known as just like you're like everybody else. You go to church, but you go, you're just like everybody else. 
Don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to be an apostolic. Don't be afraid to be a what? A saint of God. Don't be afraid to be holy unto God. Get a spirit of holiness. That I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this just because Pastor Character teaches it and preaches it. I'm doing it because I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to God. Holiness is not just something that is a, 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 an outward dress or a, a, a speech of a certain type that uh, thou should be mindful of what you're doing today. We're not trying to be holy in just what we're saying. But we are trying to be pleasing to God because God is holy. And if we are the children of God and we are the sons of God, then we need to allow that same Holy Ghost power that's in us, amen, to cause us to be pleasing to God. Don't allow this world to convince you that you don't have to be holy. I have to be holy. Without what? Holiness. No man. Can you put that one on the board? Without holiness, no man. Shall what? See God. We have to be holy. Is it up there? Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I want to be holy in speech, in conversation. You know, we can be holy in everything we do, but if we're not holy in our conversation, it negates everything. If you, if you wash your shirt and you get a little bit of grease on it, is it clean or dirty? It's dirty. You can have a shirt that's all white and you have a little grease spot right here. And you try to, hard as you try to cover it up with your suit coat. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I got coffee or something on my shirt the other Sunday. And I was like, where's my suit coat at? I got to try to cover this up. <laughs> you're conscious about it. Once you realize something's on your shirt, you're like, oh, oh, nobody can see that. You're like, Pastor, why are you holding your suit coat that way? Well, <laughs> and so if we, we can do everything Right, and then if we say, oh, ah, I'm not going to be holding my conversation. How do, we, how do we have conversation nowadays? Well, it's sad, but we don't pick up the phone hardly anymore. We don't hardly talk to anybody anymore. You go in restaurants and everybody's on their cell phone. I'm like, what in the world are you going out to eat together for? And I've been guilty of it myself. So on Sunday, when I'd go to eat with my family, I'd just put my phone in my center console and shut the console and lock my truck up. If you need a phone, there's one in my console. Sunday afternoon. Shut the console, lock my truck, and I walk in the restaurant, phone free. I'm like, whoo, man, I feel good. 
You know what it forces me to do? It forces me to talk to my family. Talk to your family. Hey, let's, let's read a scripture. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. says, now these are the commandments, verse 1, the statutes, the judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and all and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son, thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee and that you may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is how many? One Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them. Everyone say, teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. What does it say? And thou shalt talk of them. It doesn't say text of them. It doesn't say put it on Instagram or Facebook. It says talk to them. What is there about talking? If COVID taught us anything, it should have taught us that causing people not to talk to each other was a huge mistake. Is that right? Suicide rates skyrocketed because people could not talk to each other. Mental illness went rampant because people could not converse with each other. Am I right? Yeah, we know it's right. And that's why he said, talk to your children. Sometimes we might have fun talking to each other. And sometimes it's serious. And sometimes it's loud serious. And sometimes it's a you better serious. And then there's other times where it's, you know what? God has done a miracle for us. Everything that we have is because God has given it to us. The blessings of God is upon our family because God has smiled on us. And you know something? Sometimes... It's the other way where we're facing some hardship. You know what Job said? He said, naked I came into this world and naked I shall depart. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed, you know, if whatever we face in life, it's blessed be the name of the Lord. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, 
when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. How many has ever seen the, the I think it's Telfin, is what they, the Jews call it. And they their beliefs of one God and the now I'm not sure that all of them do it because if you get into the law a lot of them would be condemned especially the a lot of the more liberal Jews but the the orthodox Jews they actually bind it for a sign upon their hand and it shall be as they put this little phylactery they call it between their eyes and you say well what's in that phylactery it's a little case of the Torah of the scrolls of the first five books of the Bible you say well why did they do that that's weird no God wanted them they, he wanted it to be front and center he wanted them it sticks out so that they could see it when they walk down the road and when they see it on their hand it binds them for a sign upon their hand thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And then it says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou hast eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Don't ever forget where God brought you from. We started with that tonight, that the devil would like to make you forget what God has done in your life. Don't ever forget Say, this is the reason why I serve God is because he brought me out of a deep, miry pit. I serve God because he loves me and I love him. I serve God because he shed his blood for me. He gave his life for me, and so I'm going to give my life for him. How many is with me right now? I don't ever want to forget where, if you forget where God brought you from, you'll be in trouble. Because that's where the devil can gain the upper hand in your walk with God. Why don't we all stand? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Oh, if you want the if you want God number one in your life, why don't you lift your hands? Encourage your children to lift their hands right now and say, God, I belong to you with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. I love you, Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, oh God, right now I ask you to touch this church, God. God, your hand is upon this church, God. I ask you, Lord God, to let there be a boldness, a Holy Ghost boldness about us, oh God, to be witnesses for you. God, that we want not just the fruits of the Spirit, God, but we also want the fruit that comes from a godly, separated life, oh God, that help us to be Witnesses, God, that we can bring others to Christ, bring others to the power of the Holy Ghost. Here I am, Jesus. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord God. I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus.